Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. As we adapt in this season of pandemic, we are meeting in our house churches in person and online as a primary space for worship, formation, connection, and encouragement. Teachings like this are one way we engage with scripture seeking to become more like Christ. These teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at House Church. We're glad you're listening. All right. Well, thank you for uh, sharing these stories. And, and yeah, like Doug said earlier, we share stories because they shape us. They change us. They, they help us see something maybe a little bit differently. Or in the sharing of the story, it actually becomes rooted in our memory, becomes more real for us. Uh, and so it's really important for us to share these stories, to encourage one another's faith. Um, I'm just, I want to just open up space. If, if you heard a story in that time and you're like, man, that story needs to be shared with everybody. If you, I'm going to open the story back up. Um, if you just feel like, yes, this story needs to be shared. Uh, anybody? No pressure. I know I said this was for the people who didn't want to speak in the mic. All right. Well, I want to just encourage us, especially as we meet in house churches, house churches are more opportunities for us to share these stories. And actually for us to say, hey, I have a story, and I don't know if it's the Holy Spirit, but I'd love to share it with you and see what you guys think. Um, maybe you can help me figure out what, what might be going on. So House Church is a great space for that as well. And I love uh, hearing some of the stories that are coming out of our House Church and the way the Spirit is moving in those spaces as folks are getting prayed for, uh, as folks are being loved and cared for uh, in those spaces. Uh, when we first were talking about doing this series, um, Doug, share like just sensing like as a church community, we, we want to see more of the Holy Spirit. We'd love to see more of the Holy Spirit. And I heard other people say, like, yes, we just, we long for more of the Holy Spirit. And I began to think, well, what, what do we mean by that? What do we mean by that? What, what would that look like? What would it look like if we had more Holy Spirit? And so I would uh, just, yeah, continue to allow you some space to engage your heart and your mind uh, with this simple question. What would my life look like with more Holy Spirit? What would my life look like with more Holy Spirit? And again, if you're like, I don't even know what the Holy Spirit is, who you're talking about, that's okay. Um, just invite you to be present in the space and, and say, God, would you show me who the Holy Spirit is? Um, but for the rest of us to have some sort of experience, what would your life look like with more Holy Spirit? And if you want to jot something down or, or just ponder that for a minute, that's, that's good too. Anybody have any, any thoughts that they want to shout out to share? Crazy good. Crazy good and maybe good crazy. Uh, yeah, 
crazy good. The Holy Spirit is good. Yeah, I want to. More patient. I think I would too. Less fear. Yeah. Anybody else? More peace, more rest, less anxiety, more trust that God is in control. Mm. More joy that would flow out of me without worrying about what other people thought, without caring about, yeah, contagious joy, I think. More contagious joy. Yeah. Anybody else? Mm. More hugs, less punches. Yeah. <laughs> People are going to be testing you on that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you have lots of opportunities to practice. Yeah. More sensitivity toward others. More courage, more risk. Yeah. More challenges. Maybe we don't want to sign up for, but recognizing less anxiety and dealing with those challenges. Yeah, I think that's... There's a, a scripture we're going to read in a minute. I think that speaks a little bit to that. Yeah. So anybody hearing those things and be like, nah, no thanks. I don't, I, I have more than enough patience. I'm good. I would really like more anxiety in my life. I, I think what this speaks to is, yes, the Holy Spirit is good. Is so good. And the things that come when we, when we trust more in the Holy Spirit, when we invite more of the Holy Spirit, those things are good, even if they're hard. They're good. So with that, like just personally, but then what would renew look like with more Holy Spirit? What would renew look like with more Holy Spirit? And probably all of those things could be said again. Um, but any, anybody have anything they would add as we think about ourselves as a, as a church community? A great celebration that flows out of this building. more risky and hard conversations with people we care about. Hmm. Uh, when I asked this question a month or so ago, before we even started this series, to a few different people, uh, here are some of the things that were shared. Uh, people showing up here, 
and being surprised that they're in church. People meeting Jesus. People experiencing deliverance from sin, deliverance from anxiety, depression, healing, experiencing healing, freedom from trauma, experiencing more freedom, more courage, more vulnerability and humility. There would be more risk. There would be more asking God what God wants to do. There would be more diversity and more unity. There would be more encouragement, more faith, more trust. More love, more joy, more peace, more patience, more kindness, more goodness, more faithfulness, more gentleness, more self-control. And friends, I don't know about you, but I want those things. So I want more Holy Spirit, and I sense that you all do too. And I want to just, as we, as we think about those things, and we, as we consider, continue to consider what would more Holy Spirit look like in our own lives and in the life of us as a church, I want to read this passage from Ezekiel 47. And Denise, I think, cued this up really well. This is Ezekiel 47, verses 1 through 12. Uh, Ezekiel's having a vision. He's having a vision from the Lord, and it says, Then he brought me back to the door of the house, and behold, water was flowing from under the threshold of the house toward the east, for the house faced east, and the water was flowing down from under, from the right side of the house, from south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gate by way of the gate that faces east. And behold, water was trickling from the south side. When the man went out toward the east with a line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits, and he led me through the water, water reaching the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water, water reaching the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water, water reaching the loins. Again, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not ford, for the water had risen enough water to swim in, a river that could not be forded. Would you just to imagine that picture of a trickle and it becomes ankle deep and knee deep up to your waist and now all of a sudden you can't stand anymore. No choice but to swim. And keep holding this picture in, his, in your mind as I read the rest of this passage. He said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Have you seen it? Then he brought me back to the bank of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, on the bank of the river, there were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Then he said to me, these waters go out toward the eastern region and go down into the Arabah. Then they go toward the sea, being made to flow into the sea, and the waters of the sea become fresh. It will come about that every living creature which swarms in every place where the river goes will live. There will be very many fish, for these waters go there and the others become fresh. So everything will, will live where the river goes. And it will come about that fishermen will stand beside it from Engedi to Enigolim. There will be a place for the spreading of nets. Their fish will be according to their kinds, like the fish of the great sea, very many. 
but its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. By the river on its bank on one side and on the other will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear every month because their water flows from the sanctuary and their fruit will be food and their leaves for healing. This is the picture of more Holy Spirit. It's more life. This river with healing, with fruit, and it's flowing out. I have this, you know, if you ever watch like the, some of the nature shows and in some of the desert areas, and there's like this one pond that stays with water. And you have all these animals that would normally like be attacking each other, but they all like, I'm going to keep my distance, but you need water, I need water. It's just this beautiful picture of every animal coming to get this water to sustain life. And this is the picture of more Holy Spirit that we drink from this river. And we have life and other people are attracted to it because they look, we need life too. Uh, interestingly, a few of us were at a kind of a half-day conference in, in Philly a couple weeks ago, and one of the presenters was talking about this big uh, He Gets Us campaign. You may have seen some of the ads. Uh, he Gets Us, this campaign about Jesus. And the vision is like, you guys all remember the, the Got Milk campaigns, right? Those stories, those ads that we heard, they, they work. So we can say, got milk, and you are immediately have this picture of somebody with a milk mustache face. And that's what they're after with this He Gets Us campaign that people, He Gets Us, what was that about? Well, yeah, that's about Jesus. There's actually an app that's connected to this He Gets Us campaign. So as people are seeing this, who's Jesus? What's he like? He gets us. If they go online, they can fill out a form, and there's an app called Glue that we got a free subscription to. And as people fill it out, if they're in our area, we get some contact information. And just in two weeks, we've had five people who we've gotten connected to. Denise and myself and Johnny are reaching out to these people. And last week, I've had two conversations with people, hungry, thirsty, looking for something, not quite sure what. It's this living water. They're looking for living water, people who are hurting people who are lonely, people who are depressed, people anxious, grieving, looking for living water. The church, that's got to be us. This is what Jesus says. This is what Jesus says. One of the things Jesus says about Holy Spirit. Jesus was in Jerusalem <clears throat> for the Feast of Booths, and at the end of the feast, what he says, now on the last day, this is from John 7, 37 through 39. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture said, from their innermost being will flow rivers of living water. From their innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And as I was looking at this passage, there's scholars who are like, 
uh, Jesus was talking about himself, that he was the source. From him flow these living waters. And other scholars who say, oh, he's talking about believers. When we believe in Jesus, we become the source of this living water. And I was like, well, which is it? And so I asked the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit laughed and said, I love scholars. I love the way they engage with my word and study diligently to, to figure these things out. But what I love, what makes me laugh sometimes is that scholars forget how dynamic my word is. Yes, Jesus is the source of this living water. Yes, we need to come to him and receive this living water. And yes, when believers, when people put their faith in Jesus, they become a source of this living water. Brothers and sisters, you, you've put your faith in Jesus. If you have drank from his well, you have living water within you. And so we pray more Holy Spirit, more of this living water flowing in me and flowing out of me, flowing out to others so that people are drawn to it, contagious joy that we have bubbling up within us. So this is the picture of more Holy Spirit. And I just want to say that it starts with love. Starts with love. Uh, I was <clears throat> at the at Stony Creek Park uh, this week, trying to to study and pray and prepare. And and I confess that often when I'm when I'm engaging with scripture, you know, like, oh, what am I what am I going to teach? What am I going to teach? Like, Lord, is this what you want me to teach? And so I'm just kind of reading, engaging with the Lord, journaling what I what I sense He may be speaking to my spirit. Uh, and I'm getting kind of restless a little bit and trying to fix my eyes back on Jesus, pay attention to what he wants to say to me. Uh, and I get to the end of it, and Jesus says, first, let me love you. I'm starting to think, oh, maybe this is what God wants me to talk about this week. Or, oh, I got, I got these three things that I need to do today. Uh, and I trust that Holy Spirit wants to move with me in those. And I get excited. No, wait, Jesus says, first, let me love you. Say, All right, Jesus, that's good. That's good. I appreciate that. Yeah. Love him. Say, no, first let me love you. Slow down. Let me embrace you. And I'm looking out at this pond at Stony Creek Park. I'm going to, like, Jesus, can we take a walk around the pond? You love me while I walk the pond. And I start to walk. And I realize, those of you who've been to Study Creek Park, there's a labyrinth right there. And I look at the labyrinth, I'm like, hmm, I think I'm supposed to walk that labyrinth with you. And we begin walking around in a labyrinth. If you, if you know what a labyrinth is, it's like a maze, except it's not a maze because there are no dead ends. It's all just one path leading to the center. And at the center of this uh, labyrinth at Stony Creek, there's this huge rock. And as I start this journey, I just sense the Holy Spirit saying, yes, this is a journey to that place, that place of God's love, to the innermost place of God's love for you. And as a labyrinth works, so this, is the, this is the stone, there's this path, and the path comes really close to the middle, and all of a sudden it's winding back out. And as I'm walking past this close one, I just sense, this is what you do so often. Here's my love for you. And you just, ah, that's good. That's good enough for me. That's good enough for me. Jesus just invited me. No, come. 
come and rest in this place. Come and rest in this place. This is the work of the Holy Spirit, drawing us to that place. This is what 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says. It says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The Holy Spirit is this, this person of the Trinity who we're supposed to fellowship with. We're supposed to commune with. As we commune with Holy Spirit, we are pulled into the grace of Jesus. We're pulled into the love of God. Romans 5, 5. This is how, what Paul writes about the Holy Spirit. The love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I want to read the, the surrounding text to that. This is the work of the Holy Spirit to pour out God's love for us, to pull us in. And um, I was thinking about this river of life. I was thinking about uh, I think baptism was on the back of my mind and just had this picture of all of the people of Renew being led by the Holy Spirit into that river of God's love and just flashing around, playing with joy. Like, there is no better place for us to be than just get drenched in this love God has for us. To be fully embraced by it. The Holy Spirit pours out God's love in our hearts. This is Romans 5, 1 through 5. Paul writes, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this in which we stand. I love that. Just an introduction into this grace. We've only scratched the surface. We have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulation. Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So as we pray for more Holy Spirit, I want you to receive this invitation from the Holy Spirit. Saying, first, let me love you. First, let me love you. Let me pour out the love of God into your heart. The fellowship with the Holy Spirit there. And there's a beautiful picture in Romans 5. When Paul is talking about God's love, that God loved us even when we were enemies. God loved us even while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. So if God loves us, then how much more does his love grow for us? How much more does he want to pour that love out for us as we put our faith in Christ? And he gets to that in Romans 8. I encourage you to read these chapters this week in Romans 8. Because nothing will ever separate you. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing can 
In another letter of Paul's in Ephesians, he writes more about the Holy Spirit, this work, this Holy Spirit work. In chapter 1, Paul writes, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of God. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in his saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. And then in Ephesians 3, so he talks about the Spirit being the one who's a spirit of wisdom, of revelation, and of knowledge of God. And then later, Paul continues, and he starts praying again, and he says, I pray that God would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. And life in the Spirit is first and foremost. It roots us. It grounds us, it bathes us, it drenches us, it cleanses us, it purifies us, it immerses us in the love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit draws us into the bear hug embrace of the Father. It draws us face to face with Jesus to see the joyful smile on his face and the love in his eyes that he has for us. So I want to, I want to, we're going to try something maybe a little bit different, a little bit new, but I want to just practice this together. I want to invite you into this space. Um, Eventually this week, after I allowed Jesus to first love me, uh, eventually, just continuing to pray, the Holy Spirit, I sense the Holy Spirit speaking to me, I want you to invite people to commune with me and encounter afresh the unfailing, unconditional, matchless love of God. To stand face to face with Jesus and see his joyful smile and receive his strong and gentle, forgiving and healing and brave. And so I want to just invite us into this space, kind of guided prayer, prayerful imaging of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, of encountering God's love. And as we begin, I, I want to first invite us to this space of just asking, Holy Spirit, is there anything right now in my life that you want me to repent of, that you see in my life that I need to turn from in order to turn more wholeheartedly to you? As Peter begins proclaiming good news at the birth of the church, Pentecost, and as he continues to minister, he says, repent, 
and a season of refreshment will come. So often we need to start with repentance. Lord, is there anything in my life that, I, that has come before you in my heart or that has come between me and you? Is there any sin that I need to turn from? Is there any idol, anything that has become an idol in my life that I need to lay down right now? So I just want to invite you to ask Holy Spirit to show you those things and begin there's anything that you need. God who is faithful and just offers us full forgiveness and welcomes us as we turn wholeheartedly to him. So I want to just invite you to, to pray. Holy Spirit, would you guide my memory to a time in my life when I encountered your love? when it was so real and palpable to me. Or if I don't remember such a time, Holy Spirit, would you guide me to a place of strength and beauty? You imagine a place of strength and beauty where I can be met by you and encounter your love today. And as you enter into a memory or are drawn to a new place of strength and beauty, I invite you to, to look around, to fully pay attention with all of your senses. What do you see in this? As you encounter God's love, what notice around you? What smells do you remember or imagine? What is the taste on your lips or on your tongue? What do you feel? What do you touch? What's the temperature? <sighs> what do you hear in this place? <laughs> what do you sense and feel in your body? And as you dwell in this place, I invite you to image the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit surrounding you. As you look to the Father, what does he want to speak to you in this place?
as you listen to the voice of the Father, I invite you to hear him say this. Before I created the earth, you were on my mind. I formed you in your mother's womb. I am the one who created you. I created you in my image and likeness. I breathed life into you. I know you better than you know yourself. And I love you more than you can imagine. Receive my love. I invite you to turn your gaze, to fix your eyes on Jesus. Notice him seeing you, looking at you with intent, with love. What does Jesus want to say to you in this place? As you listen to the voice of Jesus, I invite you to hear him speak this to you. My beloved daughter, my beloved son, I have given my life for you. There is absolutely nothing that can separate you from my love. Your faith in me has made you well. Receive my peace. I invite you to feel the wind, the breath of the Holy Spirit. What does Holy Spirit want to speak to you in this place? As you listen to Holy Spirit, I invite you to hear Spirit speaking this. It is my absolute delight to be with you and to move in you to strengthen and empower you, to comfort and encourage you, to teach and to guide you. I love you with an abounding, flowing love. Receive my joy. I pray that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit 
in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded, bathed and drenched in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Open prison door sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up a well. I invite the worship team to come back and lead us as we respond to this matchless love of God through our singing. And as they come, I want to encourage you, uh, last gathering, as we engage the Pentecost story with our kids, uh, and towards the end, Dennis came up and he, he said that the evil one would love nothing more than to come and steal and destroy what you've experienced today. And so I, I want to use that as a word of caution. That if you encountered the love of God in some way, the evil one would want nothing more than to come and snatch that away from you. If there's one thing I know that the evil one can't steal, it's if you share it. So in whatever way you encountered God's love today, encountered the Holy Spirit, encountered Jesus, encountered God today, I want to invite you to share it at some point today. Because once it's shared... The evil one's going to have a hard time stealing that away from you. And may you be encouraged and mindful as this river of life flows in you and out of you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.